On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time Imon Irti Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashi Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestian Echo. Vientalam again Omgrev, Orkorn Rachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Again, there is no indication of aliens or terrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Wanted to make sure that the American people knew that, all of you knew that. Today on the Indo-Daily, balloons, aliens and espionage. Why would China be spying on the US and even Leinster House? I am sitting in my driveway here in Billings, Montana, and this thing is up in the sky. I have no idea what it is. It's been there stationary for about the last 35 minutes. This is just the latest in a series of remarkable events over the course of the last eight days. This is the fourth time that the U.S. has shot down an aerial object in North American airspace, starting with that Chinese spy balloon, which traversed across the country for days. But what does it all mean? Are we just paranoid? Or is this all about to get very serious? The tensions right now are very, very high. They're the highest they've been in generations and it i don't think it's incorrect to say that we have entered into a cold war period and what about claims that china might be spying on little old ireland as well yeah i mean of course they're spying of course they're spying but everybody's spying let's not forget ireland is important to china i think it's not inconceivable that the chinese are watching things here I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm speaking to Larry Donnelly, law lecturer at NUI Galway, and David O'Brien, lecturer in East Asian politics in Ruhr University in Germany, who'll be telling me what exactly is going on with all these unidentified flying objects. Larry Donnelly, we've now seen four different balloons, and I use that word balloons a little cautiously because we're not exactly sure what some of these are that have been shot down over the US in recent weeks. But can you tell us about the first one? Because that's the one that still seems to have caught the most attention, certainly in the Pentagon. Yeah, the first one seems to be the most, uh, I suppose, serious situation and the one that the United States uh, is apparently distinguishing perhaps from uh, the other three. This was a massive, uh, you know, balloon or, or whatever object, uh, whatever type it might be, uh, 60 meters tall, uh, weighed more than a ton, uh, had a, a gondola on it the size of three buses, uh, and evidently was equipped with all sorts of antennae 
uh, and solar panel. Uh, and this was a Chinese government uh, object. Uh, it managed to, I suppose, uh, go on a course that led it from uh, Alaska through Canada, uh, the American states of Idaho, Montana and elsewhere uh, before eventually drifting off the coast. Uh, of South Carolina, where uh, American military planes finally decided um, that they could shoot it down without perhaps imperiling uh, people on the ground or even indeed uh, on the sea. Um, so this is a, you know, a very interesting and I suppose unprecedented situation. Now, um, the Chinese government has said that this was uh, some sort of uh, civilian airship used for research. Um, the United States very vigorously uh, doubts that that story and, and, and is really saying this is um, uh, something that's been used for surveillance. Uh, on the United States. So, uh, again, uh, a deeply concerning uh, incident, I suppose, in the broader context of tensions between the U.S. and China. So just for the context again there, this is 60 metres tall. So when we use the word balloon, I think that kind of downplays exactly what we're talking about. What do we think something like this might be capable of? What are they trying to, to gather in terms of information? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, whether it's a intelligence, whether it's a, a you know could go clo- could be floated uh, close to military bases to ascertain uh, what's going on and happening uh, in those places. Whether you know to some extent it could be used to discern uh, matters and information uh, relative to United States national security. Uh, I think all of that uh, is at play, uh, Kevin. And one of the things I think is important to state about this, and you know, that this whole incident, is that we're dealing in in something of a vacuum here. Um, there hasn't been a huge amount of information released uh, from the United States government. So what we have uh, is a tremendous amount of conjecture uh, as to what has happened here. And of course, when you have that, uh, it opens the door wide to conspiracy theories. But that having been said. Uh, I don't think one need be a conspiracy theorist to have an awful lot of doubt uh, about China's version of events and instead uh, presume uh, that indeed the the, the, the the object or the balloon, whatever you want to call it, uh, is being used uh, for some sort of strategic purpose by the Chinese government. Of course, the conspiracy theories, as you say, have been many. The one which caught all our attention was this idea of a UFO. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to to, to be frank, uh, Kevin, I think that the UFO, the, in the context in which some military personnel were initially using the, the is, I suppose, the dictionary definition, uh, unidentified flying object. Of course, the immediate association uh, that everyone in the world has uh, is that we're talking about some sort of alien invasion or people from outer space uh, coming in. Um, I don't think that that helped uh, matters at all. They, they, I note that they've moved a label towards UAP, that is unidentified aerial phenomenon. I don't know if that does the trick, but certainly the Biden administration and others uh, have been very quick to dispel uh, any of the notions that uh, this indeed is a UFO, as we would imagine it from uh, movies and, and, and everything else. Uh, but that having been said, again, the key point here is that the lack of information is going to fuel uh, and engender more conspiracy theories on what's going on. Here. Of course, there are some that would say that the reaction from the US in relation to China on this, would, they would probably have had a calmer reaction if it was, in fact, an alien invasion. Yeah, that 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 could that could well be the case. I mean, look, that you know, there there is uh, certainly in, in a context in which 
you know, China and the, the, the situation in Taiwan is escalating. China's uh, moves in, in, the, in the Pacific region to further assert itself. Taiwan is perhaps the most sensitive flashpoint between the U.S. and China. Some experts warning that Beijing's use of force to claim what it sees as its rightful territory is drawing closer. Chairman Xi Jinping has made it a priority for Beijing, which hasn't ruled out the use of force. Uh, we also have stories of China, uh, Chinese government and China, high-ranking Chinese officials buying up all sorts of land uh, around the world and seeking to grow uh, its real power. Uh, in that context, of course, uh, America is going to react to anything uh, posed by China, uh, it, it, you know, with, I suppose, um, you know, serious alert. It's going to be taken very, very seriously. Uh, and indeed, some might per, might accuse um, the U.S. of overreacting. But when it comes to national security prerogatives, uh, certainly I'm not surprised by anything the United States has done. Now, Larry, it seems suspicious balloons are a bit like Dublin buses. You wait a lifetime for one to come. And then you get the second and the third and the fourth very quickly after that. Tell me about the ones that we have had in more recent days. Yeah, the the, the, the second one was over uh, northern Alaska. Uh, and this was far smaller. It's the size, evidently, of a Volkswagen Beetle uh, flying around 47,000 uh, 40,000 feet in the air uh, with uh, no uh, nowhere near the same sort of elaborate systems or, or equipment uh, as the first one. Uh, that was shot down rather expeditiously. Uh, a third one then uh, was over Canada. Again, the remote kind of Yukon territory uh, of central Canada, about 100 miles from the United States uh, border. Uh, again, considerably smaller than the first. Uh, flying around 40,000 feet. Uh, that likewise was shot down. And the last one, kind of in a way, Kevin, is the oddest one, uh, something that they're describing as having, uh, again, considerably smaller perhaps than all of the others, but some kind of octagonal structure uh, that was shut down, shot down over Lake Huron uh, in the U- in the U.S. state of Michigan. That was flying at 20,000 feet uh, and was a clear threat uh, potentially to aircraft. Um, and I think to a lesser extent, perhaps the ones in Alaska uh, and Canada posed that similar threat uh, to aircraft, which is why they were expeditiously shot down. Even though we had no indications that any of these three objects were surveilling, we couldn't rule that out. And so there, you know, you, you want to err on the side of safety here in terms of protecting our national security. Now, the interesting point here is Uh, at least in the limited messaging that we're getting from Washington thus far, it seems that some clear blue water is being drawn between uh, these three uh, and the first. Uh, And, you know, it hasn't been stated, although it's been rumored that these are Chinese um, objects as well, but that hasn't been confirmed. uh, And the spin we're getting, or at least the rumors we're hearing, uh, is that these are of something on the threat of the order of threat that are of a considerably smaller uh, magnitude than the first. Various US officials have said that part of the reason they found so many in quick succession is that after the first one, they have kind of set their sensitivity levels much lower. So they're actually watching out for these. But for the Biden administration, Larry, this is coming at an interesting time. We think Joe Biden is on the verge of announcing uh, a proper second run for the White House. And Republicans, obviously, anything in terms of international warfare, China, it's a good battleground for them because they, they like to take a hard line on those things. 
Yeah, I mean, at least traditionally in American politics, uh, Republicans have succeeded greatly by uh, accusing Democrats of being soft on defense uh, and all that comes with that territory and the, the certain emotion deep within uh, the American people uh, about America and its role in the world. So I think that there there is some element uh, of politicking to that. Uh, I do question, however, in, I suppose, uh, an American political scene, an American political dynamic that has been changed greatly in recent years, the, the Trump presidency being one part of that. You know, again, this militaristic idea, uh, I'm not so sure that that sells as well with the American people uh, as it might have beforehand. Um, that having been said, Joe Biden is keen to show uh, as he, you know, it looks to be set set to announce for a second term. Uh, he clearly wants to show that he is in charge uh, and that he is uh, a seasoned leader who is going to face down um, the threat posed potentially uh, by China at so many levels to the United States. David O'Brien, U.S.-China relations have always been a bit fraught, to say the least. But the latest developments and these spy balloons, it does seem a little bit different, doesn't it? Well, it does seem a bit different. I mean, first of all, there's something faintly ridiculous about uh, this balloon slowly drifting across the United States and people looking out their windows in Billings, Montana and seeing it. When we think about all of the different sort of espionage type things that go on in the background. This is this is par for the course of great power rivalry. A diplomatic row has erupted between the US and China after a balloon was spotted at high altitude in the skies over America, which it says is being used for surveillance. It's led to the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, cancelling a planned trip to China tomorrow. But the fact that this came just as Secretary of State Antti Blinken was due to visit uh, Beijing to talk and try to t uh, cool the temperature a little bit in this relationship really indicates that there are certainly uh, things happening perhaps in China that are, there may be a kind of a power struggle happening here. And there are certainly some people who are of the belief that while some parts of the Chinese Communist Party want the relationship to improve. There are certainly parts within the Communist Party who are uh, advocating for a more uh, robust relationship with, with the United States. So the tensions right now are very, very high. They're the highest they've been in generations. President Kennedy and his sister, Mrs. Shriver, welcomed to the White House President Tito. The Yugoslav leader was on a 10-day visit to America, which is regarded as one more indication that tension is easing between the West and the communist bloc. I don't think it's incorrect to say that we have entered into a Cold War period. Uh, certainly, um, last two weeks ago, uh, a senior general in the U.S. Air Force, Mike Mainhan, said it was his gut feeling that there would be war between the United States and China by 2025. So on all sides, the tension is definitely escalating. What do you mean, though, David, by a Cold War period and war? Like, what, what, It's not going to be Russia-Ukraine, I presume. Well, the, the, the real source of tension is Taiwan and whether or not the People's Republic of China are planning to invade Taiwan, I think, is the, is the key issue. There are certainly strong indications that Xi Jinping, who is now in his 
third term uh, as leader of the Communist Party, sees this almost as his manifest destiny uh, to reunite uh, the 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 island of Taiwan with the mainland. And if that happens, the United States are almost certainly going to become involved in it. And Joe Biden has somewhat changed the position of the United States. Uh, It used to be known as this idea of strategic ambiguity as to whether or not the United States would become involved if the People's Republic invaded Taiwan. But Biden has made increasingly clear that the United States will become involved. So that will drag in all of, you know, many of the other countries in the region. But that's, a, a you know, the worst case scenario. But where we are at the moment in terms of a Cold War, uh, we are seeing very, very little engagement uh, between the two countries, very little dialogue to solve, you know, these tensions that exist uh, are increasingly being lost. The balloon incident, I think, shows how something can escalate very, very quickly. Uh, and how, you know, perhaps something that could be of events that would uh, culminate in, 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 in a breakout of severe hostilities. I'm conscious that we are, we always talk about propaganda in the Chinese media, but actually in reality, in this part of the world, we get all this news from America and we get all the American version of what's happening here. What's been said about all this in China? Beijing initially dismissed the US as overreacting, but has now claimed that Washington has previously sent balloons into Chinese airspace. Well, first of all, when this story um, appeared about the balloon, the Chinese initially apologised and said that this was a commercial uh, balloon that had drifted off course, was probably a weather observation balloon. Um, but they've somewhat changed uh, the, the the position recently, and increasingly the dis- the narrative in the Chinese media, and the Chinese media is very very heavily controlled, as you well know, is that the Americans are overreacting to this. There's a sense of paranoia from the American side. But alongside that, and what's I think particularly important to understand is there is a very significant increase in the nationalist rhetoric within China, not just officially, but also among many members of the population. There is a strong sense that China is not being respected internationally, uh, particularly in the light of COVID. There is a sense that you know China has not been uh, given the respect that it deserves internationally. And that increase in nationalism, which is fueled by the Communist Party, which works well for the Communist Party, it helps to legitimize the rule of the Communist Party, is another very grave danger uh, in this increasing uh, tensions that are that are that are you know causing such such concern. Are China actually spying using balloons floating over Alaska or wherever, or is this all just politics and rhetoric? And it suits the narrative to suggest and leave that hanging there from an American point of view. Are they spying? Yeah, I mean, of course they're spying. Of course they're spying. But everybody's spying. You know, the U.S. is spying on China as well. Uh, in the Chinese media today, there are. Uh, reports of U.S. balloons being spotted over Tibet and Xinjiang, you know, which are very sensitive regions uh, in China. There's probably no doubt that the balloon that was shot down off the, the coast of South Carolina, that was a spy balloon. There were sensors on it, or certainly that's what the Americans uh, are saying. Perhaps these other balloons that we saw in Alaska might not have been. There's some uncertainty about that. But are they spying on each other? Of course they're spying on each other. Um, you know, these are, this is what... Uh, superpowers do. They spy on one another. 
they, they always have done. Well, with that in mind, David, are they spying on us? Because there have been a lot of stories over the past week about the CCTV in operation here in Leinster House. And there is talk now of actually removing the cameras from Leinster House because they come from a Chinese-made company. Now, they've been there for years, um, but it seems on the back of all this and people's awareness of it. Some people are having a great laugh about it. Some people seem very concerned about it. The Chinese embassy in Dublin has said it's an incredible conspiracy theory and suggested that they're going to start putting out rumours that Irish made whiskey and meat and milk that's been sent around the world is sending back messages to, to Dublin about what's going on in different countries all over the place. Why on earth would China be spying on Leinster House or are we all just gone totally paranoid? Well, first of all, you know, this idea of the security cameras, this has arisen in other countries. Australia have recently removed uh, security cameras made by Chinese companies in uh, sensitive uh, military installations. But, you know, let's not forget, Ireland is important to China. Ireland is a very significant uh, country for China because we are English-speaking, we are seen as a bridge between Europe and the United States, uh, we are increasingly uh, connected economically to China. Uh, some very significant large Chinese companies uh, have their European headquarters in Dublin. TikTok, of course, which is very closely connected to uh, the Chinese government, is based in Dublin. So I think it's not inconceivable that the Chinese are watching things here. There was a police station uh, recently in Dublin, a Chinese police station. The Chinese uh, government said, oh, no, that's just to facilitate uh, driver's license and so on for Chinese citizens. And yes, you know, our own government reacted very, very strongly towards that. So, you know, I think while we also need to be realistic and not get overly paranoid about uh, China and not especially not allow the kind of rhetoric of the 1950s of the communism, anti-communism and so on. And remember that, you know, most Chinese people are the same as us. They're just trying to get on with their lives and so on. I think it's not inconceivable that we are uh, part of a broader um, uh, engagement with, Euro with Europe from the People's Republic. And perhaps we need to uh, be conscious of the fact that, you know, we're not completely outside of some of these rivalries. We're not completely outside of this potential Cold War and perhaps we need to be very aware of that. I'd love to know what the Chinese translator who has to write about the potholes on the Ring of Kerry gets paid for working on the Healy Rays, but David O'Brien, thank you very much. Thank you. My thanks to Larry Donnelly and David O'Brien for joining me today. I'm Kevin Doyle and today's episode was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from CBS, Sky News, Euronews, British Pate, BBC, CNN and Independent.ie. If you want to hear more of our award-winning journalism, you can visit Independent.ie or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. Cool.